0: Hello and welcome everybody to the great inflation versus deflation debate, part five Vox on chapter three, which was what Nate had used as his uh, main strike back last time. So let's see what Vox has to say. In his second response, Mount chapter three, Nate provided the cat- four categories of money commodity money, fiat money, uh, money certificates, and credit money. He also answered my question, which I shall summarize as follows. Uh, when they function like money, gold and silver are commodity money, as evidenced by the historical preference for them. Federal Reserve notes are fiat money with some characteristics of credit money. TMS-2 does not represent his definition of the money supply, but serves as a useful tool for estimating it. All the categories of TSMN-2 are fiat money, so may be credit money as well. So may be credit money as well. It was a strong and informed response, much better than the one uh, than one would likely receive from a professional economics or a central banker. Two of his answers were also incorrect, for reasons I shall present, uh, presently demonstrate. Nate's first mistake is the identification of credit money as fiat money, even though he clearly has his suspicions concerning the problematic nature of the distinction as it applies to the U.S. monetary system that this distinction is false can be demonstrated in two ways. First, with a legitimate appeal to authority and history, and second, by the money process creation, by the money creation process. With regards to the first point, Mises writes, it can hardly be contested that fiat money in the strict sense of the word is theoretically con- conceivable. The theory of value proves the process... Si- Proves the possibility of its existence. Whether fiat money has even actually existed is, of course, another question and one that cannot uh, offhanded be answered affirmatively. It can hardly be doubted that most of these kinds of money that are not commodity money must be classified as credit money, but but only detailed historical investigation could clear that matter up. The Theory of Money and Credit, page 61. So we recognize, the first, that while fiat money can potentially exist in theory, the question of its actual existence in the United States is somewhere else, if not, uh, or anywhere else is not settled. Nate himself notes that the Federal Reserve notes have some characteristics of credit money that some of the categories of TMS2 may be credit money, but he fails to take the critical step, which is to recognize the reason that they have those characteristics as that they are credit money. Note in particular the statement that most uh, kinds of money are not commodity must be classified as credit money. This leads us to our second point. The fiat money of TMS2 includes de- demand deposits, either checkable deposits or commercial banks, other checkable deposits as thrifts, saving deposits as commercial banks, saving deposits as thrifts, demand deposits, time and saving deposits, and U.S. government demand deposits, among other things. But from whence uh, do these deposits come? We know. They are not simply printed by either the US government or the Federal Reserve there is simply not enough currency to account for them <coughs> clarity is established via the androgynous versus extraous uh, money debate uh, we are likely to we're we're not likely to get sidetracked uh, here because Nate ultimately comes down on the androgynous side uh, he simply hasn't connected it to his conception of fiat money My, Mises 2 comes down firmly on the side of androgynous money, as evidenced by the following passage. It is not the state but the common practice of all who have dealings in the market that creates money. It follows the state regulation arbitrating general power of debt liquidation to the commodity is unable of itself to make that commodity into money. If If the state creates credit money, and it is naturally true in a still greater degree of fiat money it can only uh, it can do so only by taking things that already exist in circulation as money substitutes uh, that is perfectly secure and immediately convertible claims of money and isolate them for the purpose of valuation by depriving them of their essential characteristics of permanent convertibility commerce wouldn't always protect itself against any commerce would always protect itself against uh, any other method of introducing government cr- uh, credit currency the attempt to put credit money into circulation has never been successful except uh, when the coins or notes in question have already been in circulation as money substitutes the theory of money and credit page 78 this sig- significance of androgynous money to us here is that it shows that deposits of the sort that make up TMS2 are created by loans They are, to the extent that they can be considered money at all, quite literally credit money. As the money in commercial paper demonstrates, these loans, these future claims, whether created by the central bank, the market banks, or other corporations, have become a commodity in their own right. And yet, uh, we can establish that M1, M2, TMS2, all consist of credit money. None of these various money supply measures can be considered money by original definition, even with the stamp of fiat approval because the credit money concerned is not directly convertible into commodity money on demand and has not been since 1971. Despite its use in exchanges by agreed upon definition, this credit money merely represents claims to money rather than money proper. It is a money substitute uh, money surrogate Uh, which Mises rather confusingly describes as fiduciary media. Uh, We shall use the term money certificates for these money substitutes that are completely converted by the reservation of corresponding sums of money and the term fiduciary media for those which do not convert in this way. Mises, page 133. At this point... It is understandable if the mind shies away from the inescapable logical conclusion. The question of inflation and deflation in the United States money supply is a category error because there is no U.S. money supply. The category error and failure to understand that uh, what we have been taught to consider money is merely a money surrogate is is why all the various quantitative theories and complicated attempts to calculate the money supply and predict the consequences of change. Uh, and it goes so reliably awry because they are attempting to estimate something by looking at the uh, derivative without realizing it is a derivative. To put it in a more straightforward, to put it in more straightforward terms, while there is no U.S. money supply, there is a money surrogate supply that consists of fiat-backed credit money. This is, this was inevitable uh, with the introduction of money surrogates, given Grem's uh, Gresham's law, which is properly summarized by bad money drives out good money, and which I would modify to surrogate money drives out genuine money when it is assigned exchange value by the state. This has considerable implications that go well beyond the simple question of inflation versus deflation and merits serious contemplation. However, with uh, what concerns us uh, is the three questions it raises in the direct pertinent to the current debate what is the best measure of a money surrogate supply? Is the money surrogate supply growing or shrinking to where has the genuine money been driven? In conclusion, I will note that the great Austrian sage recognized the prophetical description of the various processes of transition from commodity money to credit money, from genuine money to money surrogate. Uh, We have uh, seen take place in American history. Uh, Although he appears to have been more than a little naive concerning how the diminution of the purchasing power might be considered uh, desirable by those in a position to systematically benefit from it. In the chapter entitled, Influence of the State, he wrote, The exaggeration of the importance of the monetary policy of the power at the disposal of the state and its Legislative capacity can only be attributed to the superficial observation of the process involved in the transition of the commodity money to the credit money. This transition has normally been achieved by means of state declaration that inconvertible claims to money, which as good means of payment as money itself. As a rule, it has not been the subject of such declaration to carry out, to, uh, out a change of standard and substitute credit by money for commodity money. In the great majority of cases, the state has taken much, such measures merely with certain fiscal ends in view. It is aimed to increase its own resources by the creation of credit money. In the pursuit of such a plan as this, the diminution of money's purchasing power has could hardly seem desirable, and yet it has always been this depreciation in value th- uh, through the coming into play of gresham's law has caused the change of the money standard the theory of money and credit page 77 and that concludes that uh, you can find this on youtube and bit and uh wherever you can get uh, podcasts uh, uh spotify apple play podbean uh itunes or uh podcasts apple Podcasts. so uh those are all there uh like, comment, subscribe, Um, and there's a whole playlist with these if you want to listen to the the entire uh, debate beginning to end. Uh, Anyway, hopefully you guys have a good day, and catch you later.